Hi, I'm Aya. And I'm Eric. And welcome to 20 Minutes of Darkness. And here is part two of our talk with Sheila Darcy. I know uh, Eric always says, like, whenever we go hiking in the mountains, he's like, I forgot all my troubles. It's like there is something about nature. Yeah, it's because of what you said. You know, it's this, you forget about your troubles because nature is holding you. Yeah. It's like you were able to let go, and it's all happening on a very subconscious, unconscious level. Because you feel so small in nature, too. That's the other beautiful thing about it. You feel so, you like, you look at the trees, you look at the ocean, you look at the skyscrapers, whatever. You just feel like this tiny little ant in the big scheme of things. And there's something at play subconsciously that actually holds you in that space. Like, I know what you're facing feels so dark and so big, but I just want to remind you, you're kind of a small pebble in a Thing. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> and then in our Ukraine sand. <laughs> absolutely. And I think when you're around people, there's this noise, you feel other people's energy, yeah. other people's thoughts. But when you have all of this stuff bubbling up inside, being away from that and kind of going back to our root, like going to nature. Yeah. And, and feeling that instead is very important. Yeah, I, I definitely understand that. And then the other reason it's important is, um, when you think of the word darkness, I think there's an association with darkness. And this is the reason I love that you, you're, you've called your podcast, like hit it head on. Mm-hmm. I feel really comfortable in darkness now. It used to be my biggest fear. I used to be so afraid of the dark. I was that little girl that would run, like the lights would be off and I'd run into my room and cover my, you know, <laughs> yeah. like run underneath yeah. the covers, like the boogeyman was going to chase me or something. And now I can be in the, pitch black and also just feel extremely dark in thought or experience and feel so held because I do have a bit higher faith, whatever that faith might be for you. But I do think part of the other thing Aya, that I feel remiss if I didn't say is I don't think I would have got, I would have got through this if I didn't have some belief in something bigger than myself, because otherwise I would just be carrying myself the entire way. And I can't carry myself when something is so insurmountable in your head so impossible to fathom that somebody you love may not be here like just that ugh, like it makes me like ugh, like it makes me uncomfortable talking about it but when it happens and you're facing it you realize that life will go on it you know you will get through it but when you're in it it's the last thing you want to do is feel any of it right so I'm always about inviting the feelings in and feeling it anyway, because you're fe- whether you're conscious of it or not, you're feeling it anyway. It comes out sideways if you don't admit it or see it. Yeah, I I totally I totally relate to that. I think that um, personally, I um, when I first found out about my mom getting sick, I kind of wanted to numb myself. I'd started smoking weed. <laughs> I just wanted yeah, yeah, to, yeah, yeah, I just wanted to. That's your body just, protect. You're trying to yeah. protect yourself. And then I, I realized that if I don't stop, I, and it got, you know, it kind of got worse before it got better because of that numbing mm-hmm. I was trying to do. So I think that our bodies definitely try to, we try to protect ourselves. Can I tell you an interesting, if there's one thing, uh, uh, this is good advice. I don't usually give advice, but this is advice that I I don't know where it came from intuitively, but when I did it, I was like, I have to tell everyone that's going through this to do this. So here's what I did. When I got this news and I'm such a caregiver, I am all about like taking care of everyone. I went to my mother and I said, mom, you cannot get sick at this particular moment. Like I'm literally willing her to just 
because she was going through a lot of panic and all this, and I was t- you know, taking care of her and taking care of everyone. And I said, I need you to take care of me right now so I can take care of this person. Yeah. Like I had the wisdom, but in, an intuitive knowing to know that in order for me to do, show up fully for this person, I needed people to show up fully just for me. And I would normally never ask that. And normally would just do it all, take it all, and, 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 you know, and feel the exhausted, you know, like depleted. This is what happens when you're a caregiver. And people do this for years. Like I watch people that caregive, they're elderly or somebody um, in their family or loved ones, and they do it yeah. for years, if not decades. Yeah. And it just blows my mind how, how, how this person does it. But what I'm saying to you is that I had the wisdom, and it is wisdom. Something went in me and said, Sheila, for you to show up gracefully in this moment, you're going to need to ask for help yeah. just for you. <laughs> and so I did. I asked my mom, like, I need you to just focus on me while I'm going through this. I know, you know, and so when I asked her not to get sick, that was me just saying, please don't get sick. because I don't think <laughs> right, I can handle right. all of this at one time. But yeah, so I'm just sharing that because I think uh, don't ask for help. And but to know that we need it in the times when in darkness, I think is such a profound knowing because you cannot do it alone. And you can try, and people do because they have to. They don't have a choice. And you know, but if you can, if you can ask for help, and you have people that's willing to help, ask. That's the best that's thing really that's great advice. Pride is the devil, as J Cole said, right, Eric? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I agree with it. Um, I've been here. I'm just listening. I've been quiet. I haven't been asking too many questions because I'm taking all this information and I think I can relate to most men in certain situations like this. And like I've been in several myself and we're providers and we're trained from birth to keep it all in. And regardless of what we go through, if we have a family, put your emotions aside, take care of your family take care of this, take care of that. So it's just interesting to hear how your journey and what you did to overcome some of these things. In my situation, I'm more like, I want to be alone. (laughs) Leave me alone. Let me just deal with it. I'll figure it out. But that's a longer process because I never really deal with the root issue because I drag it out Mm. so long piece by piece because I find myself caring for everyone else. But this is just interesting and I'm learning a lot right now. Absolutely. And this is the thing. This is why I'm so passionate about mental health. I don't think it's a gender thing. I I do know men societally and culturally have been Mm -hmm. taught to not show their feelings and express it out of vulnerability. And it's not, but what I'm noticing more and more is especially the generations our children I don't think right. it's a gender thing anymore. I think what it, what it is is um, I just genuinely feel like we are in a society that is so numb. We're numbing ourselves to death and um, through social media, through media, through there's just so much noise. I mean, Aya, you started this podcast with this idea of noise. It's so noisy out there, Eric. It's so noisy out there. I and mean, when it's that noisy, you just don't want to feel it. It's just numbing. That's what, to me, it is. It's just a lot of numbing, a lot of avoiding, a lot of avoidance. Uh, so what, mm-hmm. what, what I'm af- concerned about is that it's becoming less and less gender, every gender issue. It yeah. used to be much more prevalent because it was a, right. an expectation that men show up this way, women show up this way. But I have to tell you, the mental health crisis is so big 
that I'm noticing it's not a gender thing anymore. It's literally everyone is either trying to, the ones that are facing mental health challenges are either trying to disconnect, disassociate, and numb. Yeah, a lot of numb. And how do you do that? Right. Addictive, addictive personalities, mm-hmm. right? Avoidant, avoiding personalities and secrecy. Mm-hmm. Like I know addiction and secrecy right. are often one and the same, but they're not. Some people can be addicted and be not secretive about it. But secrecy is a big one. Like I think there's a lot of shame um, around mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the ways we cope with our mental health issues is through shaming ourselves through secrecy, hiding something from the people we love. And that's what I mean by not by being more vulnerable about it. So when I was going through this, while I was I was not going through it publicly because I wanted to keep the on honor the person that I loved that w- didn't want to be public about their journey because the other thing about the cancer journey, and you can talk to many different people that have had cancer. Most most men, actually, interestingly, Eric, don't ever want to tell people that they have cancer because right. they don't want to be labeled it. Right. They don't want to be that cancer person, right? right? And so right. Um, there's just so much identity issues with cancer because you don't want to be... You, it's like that scarlet letter, A, scarlet letter, C. Now you're the person that's had it. And, and nobody wants to be defined by it. I was following this one friend of mine's husband on Instagram and he's become a spokesperson for cancer and he's, he has stage four cancer. But he said admittedly that I'm tired of talking about it because I'm not, I'm not cancer. I'm yeah. a person going through it. And I, and so now he's talking about all the therapies and treatments that are addressing it. He gets more excited about that versus talking about himself all the time. So that, yeah, I'm just sharing that because a lot of it is just what story do you want right. to tell right. about this? Right. right? Mm-hmm. I get it. Can you define darkness? If you had to define what it what it really means, can you define it? Yeah. For me, darkness is the absence of, and I'm not saying this because it's the polar opposite. It's the absence of light and, and the absence of a belief that something is on the other side of it. Mm-hmm. So when you're in pure darkness, you genuinely actually don't necessarily know there's something on the other side because if you did you would have the lightness and the dark sitting together but i have been and this isn't even with my experience with the person i'm talking about i have been in a situation where i call it the fog of darkness where it's the first time i've ever really i think in my adult life felt pure darkness i genuinely didn't i only thought it was going to get worse like i genuinely didn't i couldn't even see a way it could get better and it freaked me out because I'm not so optimistic usually. But for the first time, I thought, oh, my God. And this is, I'm not kidding. I'm, I, I don't, I haven't said this publicly before, but it's the first time I understood why people commit suicide. Because in that moment, I wasn't suicidal, but I could understand when somebody is in such darkness that I was feeling at that moment. And I, how somebody would want to just leave because... It just could, it's all, if I feel this bad now or this scared now or this fearful now, how could it keep? So my definition of darkness is the complete absence of light, the complete absence of light, the complete inability to see, feel hope and believe that there's something. And that's my, that's, that's pure darkness. Now, Mm -hmm. darkness in terms of emotions, people, I call them shadows, right? Mm -hmm. That's why I'm very, I'm like anybody that knows me, I'm an, I love etymology, right? I'm talking about pure darkness. Now, somebody might say, look, I'm feeling deep depression. I'm in my darkness. I get that. But 
to me, that's not the darkness I was talking about. I'm talking about like darkness where, you know, you, you feel like complete despair and there's nothing, there's no, it's never going to go away. Mm-hmm. It's the absence of light, truly, the absence of the inability to see anything through it. The first thing that came to my mind is like, I want, we need to talk to someone who can't see and ask them about darkness because I wonder how they would describe it. It's like, yeah, because we talk about it like light and dark and like being able to see and not being able to see like what what kind of language would yeah somebody no use? <laughs> yeah that's really fascinating i can tell you from an art perspective when i sketch my darkness oh it's so interesting when i think of sketching the light there's a there's a grip i have um to me it's a feeling like if i were to describe darkness as a feeling it is this vice grip on your mind body and spirit that won't let go you're snatching um, essentially. Yeah. It's like, I'm, it's a grip. It's a vice grip. Yeah. Like when I think of darkness, you have, it's almost like you want to let go, but you can't because it's just enveloped you in such a way that you can't, it's all, it's restrictive. It's hard to breathe. Like I can tell you palpably, I can tell you all the ways I feel when I'm in darkness. It's like, I, I have a hard time breathing. My entire body is literally tense. Like I, I, I catch myself going, Oh, my shoulders are up. Mm-hmm. I've been holding my breath. Um, my jaws are tight. You know, it, it's just t- complete tension. It's inability to let go. I just want to end with, um, you were talking about that feeling of being in the dark and you just don't see a light. And you were talking about how you almost understand how like people even contemplate suicide at that point. Yeah. Um, yeah. What bring, what brought you at that point? Yeah, no, I can tell you, I'm glad you asked. I have not shared this story publicly and it's a really powerful story. So I was feeling that when I was feeling that and I, and it lasted a good hour. I was in that space for an hour. I was at, I was outside. I got a text and I looked at the text and it was a former client of mine. And they said, Hey, Sheila, I heard what you're going through. Um, I wanted to gift you something. There's this woman, she's a healer. And if you're willing, I'd love for you to gift her to you. And I went, okay. And I moved through life. Like I said, I feel divinely guided. I took that as a sign, like of all the times I could be getting this message from a client I hadn't spoken to in over 10 years. Like that's like the moment that everything about it, I knew it was a sign. I immediately called this person and I called this person and I, I was about to just tell him the whole story of why I'm in the darkness. And she said, Sheila, Um, before you go on and share, I don't need to know all that. I just need to tell you something. And it it still blows my mind. It's almost like the only thing I needed to hear. She goes, you are so safe. You have an army of people and spirits around you protecting you. You're going to be okay. And it's just the only thing I needed to hear because at the time I felt everything, I felt the opposite of that. I felt not safe. I didn't feel held. I didn't feel like anyone was protecting me and us. And so I took it as a, that's when I believed like, okay, I just needed somebody to tell me I was safe. And that's why that word for me is so powerful. I, I just, I I just, I think for so long, safety eluded me. And when somebody said you're safe, even if it was not real at the time, I just clung onto that word. Like, oh, I'm safe. She told Mm -hmm. me I'm safe. Somebody's, and I, the way she said it and the way, the timing of the delivery, I just believe that was divine intervention. Genuinely. Mm -hmm. And so 
yes, I genuinely think that's that's what it was for me. It was divine divine timing of that that message, that call, that. And I, the only thing anyone could have said to me that would have made me feel good is that I was safe because I did not feel safe at all. Yeah, it's a power. I love I love telling that story. I don't share. I, again, I've never shared it publicly, but yeah, it was a big it was a big moment. And that fog, by the way, started to clear as soon as she said it. Um, I bet. Yeah. And then the other day on my beach walk, I, I sketched an angel. Like, I genuinely believe there's spirits watching over us. You know, your mom is watching over you. It's not always just people that have passed. I do believe we're all connected. I, I talk about faith in the sense of God, but I also talk about faith in the sense of um, collective consciousness and energy. Because I believe in all of it. Whatever, however you can connect with something greater than yourself. I think in the moments of darkness, Aya, that would be my answer, is lean into something bigger because you've got to surrender to something. You cannot, in the face of darkness, handle it on your own, whether it's, it's just got to let go to something. And that's why faith is so important to me. It's true. Like not feeling alone is half the battle, <laughs> knowing you have people in your corner or somebody. Yeah, whatever something. it is, yeah. whatever it was. Yeah. It didn't matter at the time. I just needed to know I had somebody in my corner. I love that. Well, I think we've learned a lot. And the most important thing when you're going through any type of darkness, to not be afraid and to feel it, to feel it and to find help and to be vocal about it. I think that's that's the biggest takeaway here. Sheila, I just want to thank you so much for being part of this. I've learned a lot from you just from Sketch Poetic because you, you kind of taught me how to face things, to step mm-hmm. into it. So I really appreciate our conversation. And I hope that this will help someone listening. So thank you. I hope so too. I hope so too. That's all we can ask. So thank you for listening to 20 Minutes of Darkness.